when you see the sermon title, what kind of thoughts do you have? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. While I was meditating on Mark chapter 11, verse 1 through 10, for preparing this Sunday's message, and I want to listen to Handel's Messiah. Normally, that's my routine. During the Lent season, I, re- I try to listen to the album of the Messiah. And I hold the number 39 Hallelujah Cross until the Easter. But somehow, I play that track. Normally, during the Lent season, I focused on the Requiem instead of the Hallelujah Cross. Not only from the Verdi, but the Mozart has a beautiful one too. You know that Mozart one? Requiem. I don't want to go. I only know that much. After Easter Sunday, I listened to Hallelujah and then the Holy Week, listened to Requiem, but this week I changed it. Why? What happens on Palm Sunday? If I ask that, even the little ones may answer. Pastor, I know, I know. Jesus entered Jerusalem and people spread their cloth and then palm branches waving and they're on the road. Okay. Since Palm Sunday itself and the Bible passage itself already has a strong message, the preacher's concern about how to get deeper to try try to find something new and fresh and make the listeners awake. And then I found my king from this text. And I found my Lord from this text. And I found my all-knowing, in other words, omniscient savior from this text. And in this last week, our Jesus, the king and savior, the Lord, God, Dash man, fully God, fully man. He did not use his fully God divine power to run away from this holy week. He did not use his holy divine power to reduce his pain and shameful moment from the worldly view. We already know that Jesus has risen and conquered the death. Therefore, we can meet this Holy Week with the joy of resurrection instead of play the Requiem and then wear all the black robes and then clothes and then just remember his death, those sorrowful moments. A couple days ago in my catechism class, I asked a seventh grader in the class, would you agree or disagree with the following statement? Statement says, when we see a picture of Jesus' bloody body hanging on the cross, we should feel sorry for him. One of the kids raises his hand immediately. I appoint him. Okay, answer. And he says, yes, pastor. We should feel sorry for him, but not feel of pity for him. But we should think about a more things, more than just that. Because we know why he crucified. And we know it is connected with the resurrection and real hope. When he answers like that, as a the Bible instructor, I was such a pride, and proud in me. Wow. Wow, I love my job. And our Lord Jesus Christ, by shedding his blood, by his suffering and death, 
he paid the ransom price to free us from the slavery of sin, death, and from the devil. We know and believe that Jesus' ministry and his life was not finished on the cross. It was the moment to pay in full without any balance for our wages of sins. So we know he lives. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us see and read Mark 11 together today with this perspective. As our King of kings and the Lord of lords, he's triumphant marching to the cross and to the city of Jerusalem. Definitely Mark chapter 11, first 10 verses, focuses on Christ, our King. The prophetic scripture, it declares him as a king. And his action proclaim him king. And his followers acclaim him king. And his divine nature and omniscience know everything are seen in the precise directions he gives to the two disciples. He clearly knows what lies in the road ahead. In more ways than one. We also see his power in the miraculous way he proceeds this way so calmly, even though he knows everything he's waiting for. To a world which has been the witness to the rise and fall of so many kings. This one, our Lord Jesus, is clearly different from the worldly kings. He rides on donkey. He comes armed with, not the soldiers, but with the name of the Lord. He is not interested in increasing his own power, but he is so focused in securing our eternal freedom and salvation. He uses none of his authority to service himself. As God's ideal king, he puts himself at his subject, the disposal, and becomes their slaves. In this way, he wins our heart and inspires our joyful obedience. Compelled by no force aside from his compelling love for us. Jesus Christ came to this world with a true humiliation. As we profess through the Apostles' Creed, it says, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary and supported by the Pontius Pilate and crucified, died, and buried. And the story is not finished over there. How about the exaltation? Jesus Christ exalted by raised from death and proclaimed the victory for the condemned souls in the hell. And he ascended into heaven and he seated at the right hand of Father God Almighty and he promised, I'm still your king, I'm still your priest, I'm still your prophet. And then he will be back. Let's see the first verse. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives. The writer, St. Mark, 
his description of our king's triumphant, triumphal entry to the city of Jerusalem on the first Palm Sunday, it starts with give us a little scene. You could make an image. And Jesus is coming from the Jericho on his final journey. And then from Jericho to the city of Jerusalem is about only 70 miles. So that seems like from Apostle Church to Peace Lutheran Church in Santa Clara. But the problem is they have 3,500 feet altitude change in 70 miles. At the time, they don't have your all-wheel drive SUV. They may have donkey and other things. It is not an easy trip, but on the way up, you know, city of Jerusalem is on the hill. The problem is that east side of the city of Jerusalem curved by mountain olive, almost similar altitude. And you could see the, city, the mountain olive first, and then you need to climb up, and you may see the city of Jerusalem over there. So where is the Garden of Gethsemane? It's on the side of the hill of the mountain olive. So Jesus could see while he praying the, over the valley there is the city of Jerusalem. And how about those two cities? Bethpage and Bethany is located in the east side of the mountain olive and then small villages. So people may know where they trip to Jerusalem if they see the mountain olive it is first sign. I'm almost there. Okay? And they 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 jump into the, those two villages. They knew, oh, I'm already here, almost. So it's, it is a good sign for the journey and then travelers. It's similar as when I go to the, uh, San Francisco from Los Angeles, I like the scenic drive, so 101, and then I see the sign of San Jose, which means, oh, I'm almost there. I'm sorry, I tried to make you really laugh aloud, the reason why. <laughs> The San Jose has a more population than San Francisco, but I treat you as a suburb of San Francisco. And Jesus also recognizing this. Even he see the village before. And Jesus said, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it. And we'll send it back here shortly. In the Gospel of Mark, this is the, for the first time, the moment Jesus declared himself to the people as the Lord. Before that, he revealed himself as a son of a man a lot. But this time he says, the Lord needed it. Not only by his saying, but Jesus also declared that he is the Lord in other ways. So Jesus gives the disciples an exact description of what they will find on the road ahead. And even gives them an answer on a question. Our Lord and our King knows all things. Our Lord and King knows what is going to happen in his final week at the city of Jerusalem. And then also, he declared that he is the Messiah by his action. He sent to disciples, for what? For a donkey to ride into the city. Do you know why Jesus needed a donkey? He wanted to fulfill the prophecies. As we heard 
today from the book of Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion, and shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt, the fall of a donkey. So by this, Jesus used the donkey and he fulfilled the messianic secrets and then prophecies on it. Jesus, our king, is completely different from the kings of the world. Think about the kings of the world. They order, they command to his soldiers, his people, go and fight for me. And he stay behind because he need spare his life. He's the leader, he's the king. And he asks, requests his people, sacrifice yourself for the country and for me honorably. However, our king, the king of kings, Jesus Christ, what he did? He came to the world for fighting for his people in the front line. And our king died on the cross for paying his people's atonement. And our king rode on a donkey instead of a chariot. And our king comes to bring his spiritual kingdom. Therefore, he comes on an animal never before ridden. It is our king, Jesus' true humiliation. And then verse 4 says, They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying the colt? They answered, as Jesus had told to them too, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloak over it, he sat on it, and many people spread their cloak on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the field. Even a donkey. According to the scripture, nobody's put something on that the donkey's back, which means not trained, not experienced yet. But even a donkey obeys the word of Jesus. A donkey knows it is carrying its creator. So the donkey is calm instead of bolting for the rider. Jesus' word, the Lord needed it. It is enough to establish their right to take the cult. And God's word are always true. If we follow it, it never fails to guide you and me into the correct direction. We can also find the people and the disciples' respect for Jesus by taking off their clothes and put on a donkey and put on the road, and then people prepare with the branches, we believe is a palm branch like that, and waving and then put on the road. So that reason, the donkey does not have to touch and step on the dirt of the road. It's not like the red carpet in the Hollywood but you know the meaning of this ceremony. And the people honoring Jesus by action for doing that, not only by action, by their voice, they also honoring the Lord, their Lord. The verse says, those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest heaven. The Gospel of Matthew 
and Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels, they are witnessing on the first Palm Sunday. If we combine the account of the Mark and John together, we could get a full picture of the first Palm Sunday. And there were three groups. One group from get out of the Jerusalem and then try to welcome to Jesus Christ, their Lord. And the other group is ahead of Jesus' group. It's there over there. And then the other group is behind of Jesus' group. Pastor Zhang, even the kindergartner may figure it out that easily. But what I mean, this is the season of Passover, one of the largest festivals in the Israelite. They observe the three seasons, the unriven bread, which means Passover, and another season, the season of harvest, the first crop, and the season of ingathering, which means the end of the year. So those three times the Lord asks them, hey, come to me into Jerusalem. So that's why this is one of the seasons. Lots of people make a line from the around of the world. They must go through that route to go city of Jerusalem. Why the meaning of Hosanna? Original Hebrew word means save now. However, the meaning in the first Palm Sunday can be praise be to you. Because the Messianic Psalm 118, the couple of verses says, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord as they shouting on the day. So those people, the crowd knew the Messianic Psalm and they accept and they believe Jesus on a donkey is the one, the Lord and the King. By singing Hosanna to Jesus, he rides into Jerusalem. The people are declaring their belief that Jesus is the king who will give the word of Psalm 118 for their full meaning. And they are acclaiming him as the Messiah who will win the victory, not through army and ultimately might, but in the name of the Lord. He will win by simply relying on the promised help of the Lord God the coming kingdom of our father David? Let us recall the David, his battle with Goliath. All the soldiers in the battlefield, they're so scared because they see the battle as their physical battle. So they're afraid of the captain of the other group, the Goliath. He's tall and strong, but at the time, the little boy David, he's, he's the one who knew this battle is a spiritual battle. So, the David says, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord. Can you repeat after me? For the battle is the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This final word of the song echoes. The moment at Jesus' birth, the angels showed up and they're singing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Hosanna, let us sing to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Our earthly trial and struggles are more than physical, they are spiritual. We do not fight against flesh and blood, we fight against the Satan. The only way we can achieve victory is 
in the name of the Lord. Please sing it, in the name of the Lord. Let us sing God's glory and mercy and love and grace through his only son, our Lord, Jesus Christ, and our King. For this reason, I heard the Messiah and Hallelujah cross instead of the Requiem. The lyrics like this. I'm still hesitate. Do I need to sing or not? But we have enough time, so down the key, okay? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It goes off. Hallelujah. Okay, jump. For the Lord God omnipotence reigneth. Hallelujah. It's go away, go away, and the climax. King of king forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord of love forever. Hallelujah. Let's go that way. Do you have a 10 more minutes? I'll finish the song. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we are here. We opening this Sunday as a Palm Sunday. We are the one. We are so blessed. We know the true meaning with the full pictures. People at the time, they didn't know. They hailed the Lord and King, but they didn't know what's going on. They didn't know Jesus must pass the trial. He must crucified and he must die. He must bury. They didn't know, but we are the one we know. We know the full picture. Please keep the joy in your heart and make this week meaningful. It's not mean. You need to skip the meal for him. Don't eat the meat. Instead of that, fix your heart and mind and eyes to the Lord, to the cross our King of the kings and the Lord of the Lord. Amen.